Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome back to my podcast. In today's lesson, we will look at some of the most popular idioms. Let's get started. These idioms are some of the most common used by native speakers, myself included. I've gone ahead to place them in the description section for you to follow while listening to the podcast. Idiomatic expressions can be very difficult to understand or to remember. So these idioms are the most common, I would say. So if you're taking the TOEFL test or the TOEIC test, you might want to learn these idioms first. The first idiom is so popular that you have a number of shops with this name. It basically signifies how long they're open or the duration of their services. The idiom is 24-7. Now, 24-7 means 24 hours a day or seven days a week. It means all the time or constantly. So it makes sense if you're running a 24-hour shop, you might want to name it 24-7. It makes sense. I understand. So we often use this idiom to talk about um, our performances, what we're doing, work, or our day, basically. For example, my little brother irritates me 24-7. That means he gets on my nerves every minute of the day can be quite painful. Or you could say, my mother works 24-7. You're saying that your mother works so hard that she works non-stop. So 24-7, very common, but very useful. This next idiom is used to describe a person's temperament, or for short, their temper. The idiom is a short fuse. So if you say that someone has a short fuse, you're saying that they have a very quick temper or a short temper. So that means they're easily aggravated. They get angry very easily. For example, David is known for his short fuse. Just a few days ago, he screamed at his coach for not letting him play. So David was quick to anger when his coach said, you cannot perform this time. So he got angry very quickly. Thus, David has a short fuse. This next idiom I've used on several occasions. It's a taste of your own medicine. A taste of your own medicine means to take revenge or to treat someone deservedly because of something they did in the past. For example, after constantly being prank called, Joan decided to give Joe a taste of his own medicine and ordered 27 pizzas to be delivered to his house. Now that's a taste of his own medicine. So it's basically to take revenge. A taste of his own medicine. Then we have having butterflies in your stomach or to have butterflies in your belly. Now, to have butterflies in your stomach means to be nervous. So if you're about to perform or you're going to do something that you've never done before, 
that feeling we have, that tingly feeling um, you have in your stomach, we call it butterflies. And that's nerves setting in. For example, David had butterflies in his stomach before he went on stage to play the violin. So he was very nervous. He had butterflies in his stomach. We also like to say by the skin of your teeth. By the skin of your teeth means to barely get by or to make it just before a cut or just in time. For example, David made the football team by the skin of his teeth. You could tell that he has not been playing football for very long. So either David was very lucky or they needed just one more player. Nobody else was actually volunteering. But it was definitely by the skin of his teeth. One of my favorites is cat got your tongue. Cat got your tongue means can't you speak? It's usually used to embarrass the other person. For example, I saw when you stole my pen. What's the matter? Cat got your tongue? I'm basically saying, um, aren't you going to respond? What do you have to say for yourself? I don't recommend it. And sometimes it just doesn't work. But it's fun to use. This next idiom is so popular that it came out of the storybooks. Crying wolf. Or to cry wolf. To cry wolf is to ask for help when you don't need it. Now, this came from the shepherd boy. So, for it's in the storybooks, it's normally a boy who tends to his sheep and he would often cry wolf when there's a wolf because the wolf obviously would eat the sheep. But he did it one time, the community came to help. It was a lie. He did it a second time. The community came. They were upset. And when he did it the third time, the wolf was actually there. However, they did not come because he's cried wolf so many times that they did not believe him. So crying wolf is essentially lying. For example, you've cried wolf so many times that no one believes you when you're really hurt. So don't cry wolf. Because when you really need help, no one will believe you. To cut someone some slack. To cut someone some slack means not to judge the person too harshly or not to be too hard on them. For example, cut me some slack. I was really busy at work and I forgot to call. I'm sorry. I'm basically saying to the person to take into consideration that I was at work, I might have been too overwhelmed to speak to you, I might have forgotten based on the tasks I had. So I'm asking the person to reconsider how they would judge me or respond in that manner. So cut me some slack. To draw the line. I use this one very often. To draw the line means to stop or to have a limit or to know how far you go in a certain situation. For example, I eat everything, every and anything, but frogs is where I draw the line. I will never eat frogs. I'm simply saying I can eat almost anything, but to a certain extent or to a certain limit. I will stop when the option of frog comes up. I will not go any further than that, right? Or if we have an argument, 
someone would say, for example, I get that you're bashing me or you're cursing me, but my family is where I draw the line. I'm saying basically you can curse me about anything, but when you start talking about my family, that's where I will stop the argument. That's where I will get upset about it. So to draw the line means to have a limit, have some boundaries or a border you will never cross. Easier said than done. This idiomatic expression is very common, especially when you're trying to portray something of a difficult nature to someone else. And I, I like this one. Easier said than done means that something is not as easy as it appears to be. You might think it's easy, but it's not. It's also self-explanatory. Basically, you're saying it's easy to say you can drive a car, but if you have no experience and you've never driven one before, you will not be able to do it if actually put in a real car and try to drive. It will not happen. For example, you want me to come to work at 6 a.m. That's easier said than done. I'm saying to you that, you know, I can tell you I'll come, come to work at 6 a.m., but I'm not sure I'll wake up. I've never done that before, so I might not. I might be late. So I can say it because it's easy to say it, but it's harder to actually do it. It's easier said than done. This idiom I often hear from my grandmother. Every cloud has a silver lining. What that means is that you can find good in every bad situation. So this idiom is used to encourage someone who's in a bad spot or who is in a bad situation. You use it to encourage them by looking at the good within the bad. For example, even though you just got fired, remember that every cloud has a silver lining. At least you don't have to go to work for your grumpy boss anymore. So I'm basically trying to encourage the person because they just got fired. That's kind of a big deal, especially in today's world. But I am trying to pick some good out of the bad. The bad news is you got fired. But the good news is you don't have to work for your grumpy boss anymore. So you're making that person view the situation in a different light or in a, on a better, um, from a better point of view. So every cloud has a silver lining. Find the good in the bad. Finding a needle in a haystack. This idiom is used to talk about things that are virtually impossible to find. But when you look at it in its literal sense, a needle in a haystack is actually impossible to find. So it's self-explanatory or it explains itself. Let's look at an example. Trying to get a new job these days is like trying to find a needle in a haystack. What I'm trying to say is that it's really difficult to find a job. And if you use finding a needle in a haystack, you're giving that person the image, you're painting that picture for them to see the difficulty or the extent of the difficulty. So you use it to say something is virtually impossible to find. This next idiom I've heard so many times growing up. Um, I've used it myself. I've heard my parents use it, my grandparents. It's just one that we all use on a daily. A fish out of water. 
Now, fish out of water means to be out of place. You're basically in an environment or in a situation that you don't feel as though you fit in. For example, George felt like a fish out of water at the Star Trek convention his new girlfriend begged him to attend. So George didn't want to go because Star Trek probably isn't George's thing. Let's be honest, it wasn't George's thing. He went because of his girlfriend. So then he felt like a fish out of water. As in, he's not in his regular habitat. He's not at home. He's not comfortable. To get something off your chest. I would say that this idiom is rather therapeutic as it means to talk about something that has been bothering you for a long time or to admit something you've done wrong. It helps you to release or to speak about something you want to talk about and also to de-stress in my opinion. For example, I have to get this off my chest. I copied your answers for the SATs. I'm sorry, but I really needed to pass. Would you forgive me? There, I got it out there. It was bothering me. Obviously, cheating is wrong and nobody should cheat. I am 110% against it. Yep. You ought to, you want to free your mind. This would be a very, very good example of an idiom to use as it, I think it's very therapeutic. To give something a whirl. Or I would say, give it a whirl. To give something a whirl is to try something. Uh, I must admit, I'm not really good at that. I don't like to try new things. But I should. I should. So, in light of that, I think I need to use this idiom a lot more. And give some things a whirl every now and then. For example, I've never done ice skating. But I'm prepared to give it a whirl. What I'm saying is that I've never tempted to do ice skating, but I might give it a try. To be honest, I don't know, but who knows? You never know. To go down in flames. This one's quite dramatic. To go down in flames, as we all know, for a house, it's literally burned to the ground or raised to the ground. But for a person... We normally talk about their career or their status, reputation, for example. So it's like to fail suddenly and spectacularly, very dramatically. For example, the football player's career went down in flames after the media learned he's been losing on purpose to settle gambling debts. So when they figured out that this footballer was actually losing on purpose... His career went down. For example, he lost all his promotions, um, all his sponsorships, everything, maybe in one night. For example, the Kanye situation, we would say his career went down in flames. To go the extra mile. This one means to make an effort or to do something extra, little added bonus. For example, my doctor always goes the extra mile offering free back massages at the end of a stressful procedure. So he did something extra. He didn't have to. And often it's always complimentary at no cost. So when you're going the extra mile, you're doing something extra for a person. And 
most times at no extra cost. It doesn't have to be free. For example, maybe you're, um, you booked an appointment for a client and it was 30, for 30 minutes. Obviously, you have clients after that person. But because you felt as though it was a special occasion, you said, okay, I'll book you for 40 minutes instead or an hour and push a client back for that client so they can celebrate their birthday or their anniversary. So going the extra mile is often done, something extra done for no money, but not always the case. Hang in there. This idiom is often used in movies, so I think most people should know this idiom. It means to be patient or to wait, or you use it to a person who's struggling. For example, in movies, you'd often see scenes where someone's dangling or hanging from a cliff and the other person trying to help would say, hang in there, I'll be right back. And they're saying to hold on and don't let go. Um, or in other cases, for example, I know you're struggling right now in school, but just hang in there. It gets easier, I promise. I'm saying to the person, you know, I know your struggles. I know it's hard, but if you just hold on or try to fight it for a while, it will get easier. So it's used in both occasions. In the fast lane. I think we all want to live life in the fast lane. This idiom means to live a life filled with excitement. Sounds like a movie star or a singer's lifestyle, in my opinion. For example, when Curtis turned 40, he decided he needed to live life in the fast lane. So he quit his job as a dentist and decided to tour Europe by motorcycle. So, as you can see, Curtis is living the life. He's definitely living life in the fast lane. I want to do that someday. In the nick of time, I would say that I'm the physical representation of this idiom. This idiom means almost too late. Simply put, if I say to you that I got to the store in the nick of time, I'm saying to you that I got there just before it closed. It could be a minute before, even 30 seconds. I got there almost too late. For example... You sent that reminder email in the nick of time. My boss just asked for that report. So had it not been for that reminder email, just before my boss, you know, emailed me, I would not remember and I would probably be in trouble or worse, out of a job. So in the nick of time is when you're almost too late. So don't be. To let the cat out of the bag. This means to tell a secret. For example, Brandon's surprise party is going to be great. That is if you don't let the cat out of the bag. I'm basically saying it will be a great surprise if you don't tell anyone. Let the chips fall where they may. This means to let something happen, no matter if it's good or bad. It's basically used in a situation that you can't control. For example, look, I'm going to just try out for the cheerleading squad and let the chips fall where they may. What I'm saying is that I will try out for the cheerleading squad. If I make it, great. If I don't, okay. So 
I'll just let the chips fall where they may. To lose your marbles. If someone tells you you've lost your marbles, they're either saying you're crazy or insane. Sometimes not literally, but maybe your actions or what led them to saying that. For example, mom has really lost her marbles. She's making me practice my writing seven times this week. Now this person is saying that their mom is crazy because they might not need to practice seven times per week. Um, they might not need that much practice in the first place. So they're not saying that their mother is literally crazy, but her actions itself. But again, this idiom is used to also say that a person's literally crazy or insane. Once in a blue moon. Jamaicans love this idiom. I've heard it so many times. I think almost daily, to be honest, whilst I was in Jamaica. Um, it means rarely or something rarely happens. Almost never happens. Not very often. For example, in Florida, the temperature drops below freezing only once in a blue moon. Simply put, it almost never happens. And we all know that Florida is very hot all year round. So of course, this idiom is very fitting. Once in a blue moon. Plain as day. Plain as day is a very easy idiom. It means very obvious or very clear. For example, it's plain as day that you're in love with her. Just admit it. It's very obvious that you're in love with the person. So say it. So it's self-explanatory and pretty easy. Plain as day. This idiom is plain as day. To play second fiddle. Now nobody wants to play second fiddle. This means to be less important or in most cases second best. For example, I hate playing second fiddle to my sister. She always does things better than I do. Now, yeah, you're basically saying that your sister is obviously better than you and you're kind of second class to your sister or you'll never reach to that level. She's obviously higher and you're lower. So if someone says that you play second fiddle, it's kind of an insult. To put your foot in your mouth. Please don't do that literally, it's just an idiom. It means to say something you shouldn't have. It's like word vomit. It came out, you want to take it back, but you can't. For example, Jessica really put her foot in her mouth when she asked about John's job right after he lost it. So sometimes you are not privy to the situation. You didn't know, you know, it was really not intentional but it happens. You say something you shouldn't have, maybe you're not aware, but regardless of the situation, you put your foot in your mouth. That's the expression. Pull yourself together. Now, this is an idiom you want to tell a person who is very frantic or nervous, fidgety, because it means to calm down or to behave normally. So you would say, Pull yourself together. For example, pull yourself together, man. Sure, your girlfriend just dumped you and you then you got hit by a car, but you can't let those things get you down. 
Of course, that's a very dramatic example, but you got the point nonetheless. Pull yourself together is to tell the person to calm down. To be sick and tired. Now, in its literal sense, nobody wants to be sick and tired. So thank God this is an idiom. To be sick and tired means to be bothered or annoyed by someone. Or something as well. For example, she is sick and tired of her dog chewing up her shoes every day. Or I'm sick and tired of this horrible job. Or I'm sick and tired of this lousy computer I have. So it means you're bothered or annoyed. You know, you're fed up with something. You no longer like it or want to do it anymore. You are sick and tired. Now it's your turn. You can tell me in the comment section which idioms you found most interesting. That's it for today. If you like the podcast, please remember to like, share and subscribe and also leave a star rating. Until next time, remember, practice makes perfect.